0: Good morning, my friend. Come on in and pull up a chair. Welcome to Brother Scott's Bible Breakfast. Someone asked Mark Twain, one of the greatest storytellers of all time, who do you think is the greatest storyteller ever? And he said, without a doubt, it would be Jesus Christ. And so the people were surprised and they said, well, what is the greatest story ever told? And he said the story of the prodigal son. This week, we're back in Luke chapter 15, beginning verse 11 again. Jesus said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the young son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. Now, when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country and he began to be impoverished. So he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that were the swines that they were eating and and, uh, no one was giving anything to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger. I will get up and I'll go to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the slaves, quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf, kill it and let us eat. And celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost, and he has been found. And they began to celebrate. Uh, we talked last week about the far country, the place that the boy had gone to dwell. And this week, just for a few minutes, I wanted to talk about uh, this young man. Uh, he, you see, people sometimes that just seem to have everything. And they just don't realize it. They have it made, but they always think the grass is greener on the other side. My car is not good enough. My house is not good enough. I wish I had that job. My, my wife isn't pretty enough. My husband doesn't make enough money. And we always think that that grass is greener on the other side. I want to so, tell you just this boy is, is just that person. And he had a place in life. He knew uh, where he would lay his head down every night. His father provided a place for him physically, emotionally. He belonged. He never went hungry. He never lacked shelter. He never went without clothing. He uh, He had his father's protection. No one could touch him. He existed underneath the protection of a wealthy landowner. And he had a purpose as his father's son what in the world does he think he's going to find out there in the far country outside of the father? And, uh, we look at this boy and we say he is, uh, he is such a fool. Uh, but how many of us have wandered away from God? How many of us have uh, have thought the grass is greener on the other side? And how many of us have, have neglected to realize how good we have it when we dwell with the father? As scripture says, When we abide with the Father, when we stay, we unpack our bags and we are safe under his roof, we're safe under his care, we're safe under his provision, Uh, God is good to us. I heard a story about a little boy that had been invited to a birthday party and uh, it was a few blocks away from his house and uh, the day arrived and a, a huge blizzard hit the town. The sidewalks and the roads were nearly impassable and the little boy's daddy uh sensed uh, you know this is a, be a dangerous thing for him to do and he didn't want to let his son walk to this birthday party but the little boy just uh, big tears in his eyes but dad all the other kids are going to be there their parents are letting them go and the dad thought for just a little bit then he said all right you can go and the little boy really was surprised but he was overjoyed and so happy so he bundled up and put his hat on, his gloves on, his coat on, and uh, he went out in that raging snowstorm. Uh, The driving snow, it uh, just couldn't hardly see just a few feet in front of him, and it was almost impossible to pass, but uh, he went on. It took him more than half an hour to go that short distance to the party, and he went up and he rang the doorbell, and he turned back to kind of cast his eyes on on the storm that was raging. And in the distance, he caught a shadow uh, of a figure leaving, and it was his father. He had followed his son every step of the way to make sure that he arrived safely. My friends, our father loves us. He He has a place for us. He has provision for us. He has protection for us. And listen, our God has a purpose for us. This young man. He threw it all away. He had a foolish, foolish plan. Um, in this day, uh, uh, it was a very patriarchal society. Much respect is given to the uh, the father. Now, the elder son, the other son, would receive two-thirds of the father's estate. And the younger son is asking for his one-third uh, of his father's net worth of his estate right now. It's as if he's saying... Uh, Listen, I wish you were dead so I could have what's coming to me. But since you won't hurry up and die, give me what's coming to me and I'm out of here. You see, uh, he wants the father's things. He just doesn't want the father. Oh, my. How many of us want God's blessing, but we don't want God? We want a cosmic Santa Claus that'll that'll line our pockets and, and grant our every wish like a genie. But we don't want God. We don't want to. We don't want His Word. We don't want to serve. We don't want to be faithful. We don't want a, a quiet time. We don't want a prayer time. Um, this young man is uh, is tired of this relationship, and he wants out. Uh, this, this sounds a lot like today's pseudo Christian. That we want all the trappings. We want all the benefits. We want all of the. Uh, uh, privileges, but we don't want any of the uh, responsibilities, uh, and it's a sad day. Uh, this is bold uh, by our standards, but in that day, what this young man is doing is, is absolutely unthinkable. Uh, uh, in most instances, this young man would have been beaten and, and expelled from the father's home, but the dad, the dad, let him go, and uh, uh, he—I'm uh, sure his heart was broken. This young man was pursuing his own goals. Uh, he uh, he didn't think about custom. He didn't think about convention. He didn't think about tradition. And he certainly didn't think about his father's authority. Uh, people who think like this, and maybe you and I sometimes go out to the far country and, and we don't want to be told what to do anymore. We say that I, I am the only one. I am the master of my destiny and I will determine what is right and what is wrong for me. And my friends, when we get in that place and the devil has a way of drawing us there, we're in a dangerous, dangerous place. Uh, That was this younger son's philosophy. Uh, uh, The philosophy many have today. Uh, Who, who are we to judge? Who are you to judge? Uh, We are, we are our own judge. We're the captain of our own ship so here's this boy's plan. It was going to leave, uh, leave home a wealthy man. Uh, uh, I'm going to leave this man. I'm going to leave his rules. My father's rules far behind. I'm going to be rich and I'm going to be free. I can do what I want when I want for as long as I want with who I want. And I will live happily ever after. Uh, who is my father to tell me what is right and what is wrong? It is uh it's a sad state, and as First Samuel tells us, uh, rebellion in God's eyes is as a sin of witchcraft. And that ought to that ought to stop us in our tracks. That God sees this kind of rebellion, that this son against his father, God sees it the same way He sees witchcraft. That is a that's a scary thing. Uh, we have to be careful with the decisions we make. Uh, as we talked last week we we heal of our wounds and and uh, we we go on but the scars will remain the rest of our lives and, and our sin and our rebellion often just doesn't affect us but uh, those around us there was a British sculptor named Sir Jacob Epstein and he once visited uh, in his studio by an author uh, uh, George Bernard Shaw very famous and he uh, Shaw noticed this huge block of stone standing in one corner of the room and he said what's that for and the sculptor said I don't know yet I'm still making plans and Shaw was astonished he said do you mean you plan your work he said well I changed my mind several times a day of course Shaw was a writer uh, and uh, the, the sculptor uh, Jacob Epstein said this he said that's all very well with a four ounce manuscript uh, but not so with a four-ton block. My dear friends, we need a plan. We can't change our, our mind every 10 minutes about what our life is and what's going to be. Uh, we have to make a plan before we make these missteps, and it, it doesn't end well. Uh, you don't have to be a genius to see where uh, this kind of path of self-discovery uh, takes you the proofs all around us and the broken homes and the broken lives of people we may know and love. Uh, Maybe you chose that path earlier in life. Maybe you're standing at the head of that road right now thinking about taking a journey out to the far country. And I'm going to tell you, you and I both know you can have a lot of fun out there for a while. There will always be an element of comfort because you will uh, always have plenty of company out on this journey. This boy did. He had a lot of friends and and they had a good time as long as the money uh, held out. It's it's fun out in the far country, but only for a season. You see, there's one road in to the far country, and that is sin and rebellion. But I want you to know there's only one road out of the far country. And it's in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh We've all we're all born in sin. Some of us are born into families that just want to stay in the far country. Uh, some people love it out there; they feel free out there. Uh, some people went out to the far country, maybe like this boy, searching for something. Uh, but a lot of us made it to the far country by just taking a wrong turn. But uh, I want you to know, just as this boy did, and we'll talk about it more later. Uh, he came to himself, and he uh, he went back home. In closing today, uh, I want you to imagine that a, a keg of gunpowder has been placed under a man's house right beneath the furnace where a fire is burning. A keg of gunpowder. But he's ignorant of its presence. He doesn't know it there. After a while, the heat of the furnace causes the gunpowder to burn its way, Uh, through the top of the powder keg, and there's a monster explosion in which the man's family is killed, his wife and his children. Uh, Now, that's horrible. That's something terrible to even imagine. But you wouldn't condemn that man because he had no idea that 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 keg of gunpowder was underneath his fireplace. But suppose he had been told in advance that that keg of gunpowder was there. He saw it for himself. He saw how close it was to the fire, but he went away and did nothing about it. He didn't remove it. He didn't take it out. Then when the explosion takes place and kills his wife and his children, everybody is going to condemn that guy. They're going to say he is guilty because he saw the danger and did nothing about it. My friends, our children and grandchildren, an entire generation of young people are headed out to the far country and you and I know that that keg of gunpowder is under the furnace and it's going to explode in their lives and they're going to be killed. They're going to be destroyed. We have to say something about it. So my friends, this week as we... Get ready to take our week. I want to pray that that you and I will, will make good decisions, that we will give good and wise counsel uh, about the far country. You know something about the far country? It's kind of like hypothermia. You know, when people are, are freezing to death, they say you get a sensation of warmth right before you die. And that's the way it is in sin. Sometimes we think we've got it made and, and we're warming up but we're actually freezing to death. Let's go this week and let's live for Christ. Let's be witnesses for Christ. Let people see Jesus in us and let's keep people. Let's stand at the edge of that cliff and beg them, don't don't go into the far country. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for this enduring story. God, I pray as we start our week, Lord, that you would give us... uh, the mind of Christ, that you would open our eyes, remove the scales so we can see the path, Lord, that some of our friends and some of our loved ones are going down. And God, you would give us influence in their lives, Lord, to keep them from, from destroying themselves and, and sending that ripple effect of sin uh, throughout their lives. God, help us to be salt. God, help us to be light in this dark, dark world, Lord, I pray for my friends as they start their week, God, that you would bless them, that you would keep them safe. God, that you would give them kingdom appointments, divine appointments to share your love with the people they come in contact with. God, that you would use us for your glory's sake. I pray you would prosper them and you would bless them and use them. We love you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. thanks for stopping by and visiting with me i'll meet you back here next monday god bless you and have a great week